0: Hi everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with JJ Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue
1: Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday. Today's episode of Locked Blue Devils is brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football and college basketball recruiting sponsor across the Locked College network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. Yesterday, had an amazing recruiting conversation with our good buddy, Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting. For Sports Illustrated, Darren Harris is the first 2024 commit for John Shire and company as they look to build that next great class of basketball products. All right, on today's show, let's talk football. We've got Josh Cox here with us on the program. We're going to be recapping the big victory for Duke. What a win they had against Miami over the weekend. We talked about it on Monday's show. We'll have a deeper dive in today's conversation. If you haven't done so already, make sure – you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're marching towards 1,000 subscribers. F- leave us a five-star rating and written review on whatever podcast platform you listen to our show each and every day. Your support of Lockdown Blue Devils means the absolute world. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, I'm thrilled to bring in my good buddy, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, Section 17 Podcast. And Josh We just watched the largest victory that Duke football has ever had over the Miami Hurricanes. I hope you're doing well this week, man.
0: Oh, I'm doing (laughs) quite well, JJ, quite well. Uh, 45-21, to um, and what what an incredible performance by Duke football. And so, yeah, uh, that makes for a good weekend, doesn't it?
1: It absolutely does. Anytime you can see a win like that for this Duke team, like, yeah, it's going to set the mood right. We're going to be feeling good. Uh, Everything was working for Duke, and the turnovers are the biggest one in this. The most turnovers eight, by the Miami Hurricanes in a Power Five conference game since 2009. Not only is that super uncharacteristic, unlikely, uh, you know, an outcome that we've seen from Duke over the years, eight turnovers in a game by one offense, one defense, just doesn't happen. Like we said, the last time was over a decade ago in 2009.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and keep in mind, um, we were a overturned interception away from having number nine on fourth down. Darius Joyner grabbed one, and after further review, uh, they reversed the call, which actually turned out to be in Duke's favor because we got better field position because it was on fourth <laughs> down. You would rather them not catch the interception on the fourth down. You know, you want the ball uh, back at the line of scrimmage. So it worked out in Duke's favor, but we almost had number nine, and so – yeah, I mean it was it was pretty wild. I mean you have to think about this as well. Heading into the game, um, this Duke uh, this Duke team was a ten point underdog to Miami, and you know I'll be honest, pretty disrespectful in my in my opinion. Uh, you had a Miami team that had a, a, a worse uh, win loss record than Duke did. Uh, a Miami team that uh, you if you want to compare recent opponents, you have the UNC. Um, and Duke and Miami were basically neck and neck, uh, you know, if, if you look at the UNC as, as a common opponent there. And so the 10-point dogs was pretty disrespectful. And I believe Duke, uh, you know, kind of took that to heart um, and, and came in. And, and once again, things did not go Duke's way. I mean, you know, Miami started the game hot. Um, and then uh, Duke, uh, this was a major factor. JJ, we can't ignore the fact that Tyler Van Dyke, got not out of this game in the first right. half. I mean, at the end of the day, that changes a lot of things. And so, I mean, some some breaks went Duke's way. But I'll tell you what, after the last, you know, two to three weeks of football uh, around around Duke, I'll take a couple of breaks uh, heading our way. You know, it's a, it's about time to balance those out because we, we definitely didn't get some breaks, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And so, yeah, ultimately – just a great team win. Like you said, that defense was ridiculous.
1: Really beautiful sight to see for Duke to, to pick up a win like this against Miami. Again, they forced eight turnovers, five fumbles, three interceptions for the squad, one interception by Brandon Johnson. Jalen Stinson had two of them. And then the fumbles were great for this Duke football team, getting to Jake Garcia, the backup quarterback for Miami. Over the last two meetings between Duke and Miami, both games of which were played in Durham, The Hurricanes combined had defeated Duke by a score of 95 to 10. So not only is Duke this 10-point underdog, so to speak, going into this matchup, but players that are still on the current roster, you're well aware, 95 to 10 over the last two meetings between these two programs. Not great whatsoever. It was good to see them kind of get a little get back. Uh, and punch Miami back in the face.
0: I mean, just all all due credit to this coaching staff uh from from the head coach all the way down. Uh this team was prepared and ready. Um you know, you could tell when we got knocked back in the third quarter. Um you know, after going into halftime with a 10-point lead, uh <clears throat> there we sit 2 minutes into the third quarter down 4. I mean, that's that that's rough on any team. And we saw us take that next possession and go over 9 minutes and just run the ball down their throat. A couple of fourth down uh, conversions, uh, one to Eli Pankle that really sticks out in my head. It's uh, very important. Um, but we really put together a grown man drive there uh, to answer after they have taken the four point lead. And then that was the beginning of 28 straight unanswered points as we closed that game out,
1: which is great to see for the Stuke football squad. They are now five and three on the season, two and two in the ACC. One win shy of bowl eligibility with four games left on the year. A lot to be played for in this final stretch of games for the Duke Blue Devils. A bye week is coming this week as well. We'll talk about that and more here in just a moment on Locked On Blue Devils. Our show, Locked On Blue Devils, is brought to you by our good friends over at LinkedIn. That's right, hiring the perfect candidate is a necessity. You got to make sure it's a home run hire. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As we move forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm J.J. Jackson, joined as I am every week by my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. The defense was pretty special on Saturday for Duke. Eight turnovers forced, and I want to bring this up again. You mentioned sort of the field position element in this, the Darius Joyner interception. That was overturned. It actually helped Duke out in the field possession favor because when you just look at the true numbers, Josh, Miami had 327 yards of offense. Duke only had 336 yards of offense, just nine more than the Hurricanes. But when you have as many turnovers as this Duke defense did, when you do get a defensive touchdown and the Brandon Johnson pick six, guess what? The field shortens for you and you just don't have an opportunity to gain more yards of offense speak to that if you will josh
0: yeah i mean that was that was the story of the entire second excuse me of the entire second half um it was field position it was duke you know turning the ball over it was the duke getting the ball on their side of the 50 you know it was uh it was it was just it was incredible and um you know the duke rushing attack led by riley leonard again this week Um, Of those 336 yards, uh, 200 of them were on the ground. And so, um, you know, just a balanced attack there. But you're right. The numbers were not necessarily gaudy uh, this week. The gaudiest numbers were Riley's touchdown numbers. I mean, three on the ground, one in the air. Um, And that kid, I mean, if anybody's questioning Riley Leonard anymore, yeah, uh, you're you're not watching the games because <clears throat> that kid is incredible. He is um, positioning himself as a leader. He's not a captain on this team, but he is a leader. And uh, and yeah, you're right. There weren't gaudy, crazy wide receiver numbers this week. Nothing like that. But the number that truly counts, you know, that turnover number, um, and then that final score, and uh, those were both in Duke's favor. Which we love. Riley Leonard, 13
1: of 25 on the day, 136 yards through the air, one touchdown, no interceptions, 14 carries for 61 yards, and three more scores on the ground. I mean, yeah, this guy has been so much fun to watch play football this season, and uh, we've got a big stretch coming up with these final four games of the year. And uh, The passing numbers sometimes haven't been as gaudy as we saw in the first few weeks for Riley Leonard, but what's important is is uh, finding ways to win. And then also, let's not forget that while we do have such an impressive victory, to recap here, Josh, Duke had lost two straight games. Duke had had uh, a tough go of it in terms of actually getting the win when it was all said and done at the end of the game. And so for them to not have, again, a carryover effect, like we have seen in years past recently for Duke football, That was really impressive as well, to have the mental fortitude just to flush it all away.
0: Yeah, I mean, Scott on our Section 17 podcast, he said, you cannot get beat by Georgia Tech and UNC twice. Yeah. Right? (laughs) They beat you once. You can't let it linger. You know, you can't let those games beat you again. And Duke didn't do that. Um, And I think that's, that's a testimony to this team. We're at the point now where I'm no longer even questioning um, if this team is going to fight for four quarters and and if Duke fans are honest for the last two to three seasons, those were valid questions. You know, would this team continue to fight? This team is going to fight. Um, you know, we were talking to some players. In fact, Thursday we'll release an interview with Dwayne Carter and Dwayne talks about how, you know, sometimes offenses will want to run up tempo against our defense and, and our defense is in such good shape that they'll look at the offensive linemen as they're out of breath and their <laughs> mouthpiece has fallen out of their mouth, and they'll look at them and go, man, you guys can't even run what you want to run against us. You know, like, uh, so I think this team has got heart. This team has built for four quarters, and I think we've seen that. I mean, listen, the Georgia Tech loss, uh, 14 points scored in the fourth quarter to send it to overtime. Um, the UNC loss, uh, Duke played its best football, down 10 in the fourth quarter, uh, came back to take that lead, uh, went up four, could have gone up eleven. Um, could have scored 21 unanswered. And so I think we we know this now about this team. And with with them having this bye week to get kind of rested, uh, maybe get some, some guys that have been banged up a little bit back, um, I don't see any reason why this is going to change over these last four games.
1: You talk about the defense in particular and eight turnovers for this Duke squad again against Miami. I want to talk about the play of the secondary because they've been mm-hmm. tested all year long. Uh, But like we said, Jalen Stinson, four tackles, but the bigger number were the two interceptions that he had. And then Brandon Johnson, the huge day that he had, two sacks, nine tackles, uh, and a pick six. And the greatest touchdown celebration that we've seen against Miami uh, when he basically broke the U over his knee uh, in celebration. Pretty epic stuff all around, but what did you think of the play, the secondary in particular?
0: Yeah, those two guys are the obvious guys. I think you add in Chandler Rivers, who has six tackles, two pass breakups as well. Um, our secondary, you know, once again, I want to be fair with this. Um, you know, there were some there were a couple of gifts given to us in the secondary by uh by Garcia. Um, but hey, listen, you still gotta take the gift. You gotta go catch it and you gotta do yep. something with it. Um, and these guys did, and 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 this is really the secondary is going to get some credit in this game, and they should deservedly so. We gave out helmet stickers this week; three out of our four helmet stickers went to members of the secondary. It was Brandon Johnson, Jalen Stinson, and Chandler Rivers, um, and they should. But but Garcia was having pressure uh, on him by that front seven um, or front five, front six all day long, and so when he's getting pressure like that, he is going to overthrow he is going to throw some inaccurate balls. And and the secondary, that's the recipe for success, right? Um, And so, yeah, those guys played well. I love the fact that our secondary is holding its own because as you and I both know, it was a huge question mark heading into the season. We have little room for error and little room for injury in the secondary. We're not deep at all, uh, especially on the corners. We're a little deeper at safety than we are on the corners. Um, but at the end of the day, these guys came to play. The, the defensive numbers, by the way, if you look at the turnover numbers, gaudy right now. We're second in the nation in turnovers forced at 20. Wow. We're second in the nation in turnover margin at 14. We're plus 14 turnover margin. We are first in the nation uh with 15 fumbles recovered. Um And all this is, is due in part to – our offense is the 11th in the nation in giveaways. Like we have not turned the ball over much at all. And man, I mean, in, in 2020, we turned it over 39 right. times. A and so, change of pace. oh man, I, we, you can't say enough about this defense and the way they're getting to the ball and flying to the football. And like I said, working with the offense at the same time, we're not putting the ball on the ground. Riley's not throwing interceptions. I mean, uh, think about it, JJ, what, I, I'm 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 I know it's happened, but I can't remember the last time one of our running backs coughed the ball up. I can't either. You know what I'm saying? I I'm sure either. I know it happened yeah. earlier in the season, but I can't even remember it. Right. And over the last couple of seasons, it was like not only can you we remember it, it, it just yeah. happened multiple times right. the previous week. You know, so yeah, man, isn't it really cool to sit here and talk about this team sitting at five and three, one more game to go bowling. Um, and it's not that we're winning these flute games either, man. We're, we're lining up and we're punching people in the mouth. And so, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Really cool time to be a Duke fan.
1: Pretty awesome stuff for Duke football these days. As again, uh, they're 5-3, and 2-2 two and two in the ACC as they enter a bye week. What does that mean? And what does the future hold in this final stretch of games for the Blue Devils? That's coming up next here on Locked On Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Sweat Block. That's right, one of our favorites. Sweat Block is something that you need to know about. Pamela would hide in the office bathroom every 30 minutes to dry off her armpits so no one would see the wet circles under her arms. She finally has her life back because of Sweat Block. Sweat Block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. SweatBlock gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. The SweatBlock wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try SweatBlock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. All right, it's our final few moments here today of Lockdown Blue Devils. I'm J.J. Jackson, alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. Uh, This is our Wednesday edition of the show on October 26th. Josh, you said earlier that tomorrow an interview with Dwayne Carter is going to be posted on the Section 17 podcast feed. What else is out there? What else can people listen to from you and your team?
0: Yes, so yesterday we released uh, our Miami Reaction pod um, and so we 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 talk about some of the junk talk that came out uh, from the Miami side leading into the game, uh, and how Duke responded to that. Uh, some subtle social media jabs uh, by Duke, and we love that. Uh, we also sat down uh, in in yesterday's uh, release with memorable factor. He is a uh, a freshman linebacker from England. He's got a YouTube channel with over seventy eight thousand subscribers um he's an interesting guy he basically uh for some uh, somehow with his athleticism uh got a spot on this team he's never really played organized american football he's a rugby guy and uh, and so just a really cool not much football talk on 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 that interview but if you want to get to know a player that maybe as you're scrolling through the roster at goduke.com you're like yeah. huh I wonder about this guy. He's from England. His name's Memorable Factor. Like all those things. Uh, so we interview him, and then uh, tomorrow, Thursday, we release um, the Dwayne Carter interview. We lit. We got to do this in person. We sat down with Dwayne at a table and just hung out uh, for over thirty minutes. And then we also did a mailbag uh, uh, episode, and so we answered a ton of questions. And so that's what's uh, going on this week on the podcast. We did, as we mentioned last week, we released our uh, our store. And uh, we're, we're having a ton of, uh, ton of interaction there on our store. We've got some Elko-era hoodies, Elko-era T-shirts. Um, we've got a GTHC hoodie. And then we, of course, have our bleed blue stuff that we had already put out. Those are now available to order directly online. And so dukefootballtalk.com is where all that can be found.
1: Make sure you check it all out. I'll be sure to do that as well. I got to update my swag now that uh, <laughs> now that there's more available there from Section Seventeen. All right, so uh, Duke is five and three on the season, a two and two mark in the ACC. Josh and uh, four games left after they get out of the bye week this upcoming Saturday. Starting next Friday with a game at Boston College, home against Virginia Tech, on the road at Pittsburgh, and then you close it out home against Wake Forest. So again, at the start of the year. The consensus was there's just, look, no way that Duke's going to be able to make it to a bowl game. And here we are now one win shy of bowl eligibility for Duke. I mean, what? how realistic is it, do you think, that Duke can find a win in these last four games?
0: Well, as you mentioned, J.J., heading into the season, we looked at these last four games and we thought, man, Duke ends with a crazy, crazy hard schedule. Um, we, we all felt, and we were not alone in this, <clears throat> that Boston College was going to take several steps forward. Uh, they returned you know, an incredible quarterback. They returned uh, a really good wide receiver, um, and they played well last year. And they've just not really been able to translate that into this year uh, for whatever reason. Um, Virginia Tech, we didn't know about, but we obviously know that you know, it's taken some time, uh, evidently, uh, for, that, for the new coaching staff there. Um pit is, is a wild card. So so I guess if we look at the last four games, the first two games, I mean, Duke should be favored in both of these games. And they I mean, I, I will be disappointed if we lose in Chestnut Hill next Friday night or if we lose at home to Virginia Tech. I'll be disappointed. Um the final two games, I still I know Pittsburgh, it depends on which week. Uh, they play which team shows up. I yeah. mean, they can look like they're a top 25 team one no one doubt. week, and then they can get beat, you know, badly uh, the next week. And so, you know, we know Narduzzi. We've been around that that pit culture for the last few years. Uh, that game is going to be interesting. And then Wake Forest, I mean, right now, what are they, top 10 um, in the country? I mean, yep. rightfully so. Drake Mays getting a lot of, of talk at UNC as the quarterback, but Sam Hartman is having – a ridiculous season, uh, possibly a better season, seeing that he was out two games uh, to start the year, and so he's not had he's had two fewer games to put together his numbers. Uh, but Wake Forest is going to be good, you know. Obviously, um, I, I I would say that's the game, you know. That's a that's a I'm not going to say a guaranteed loss. I, I, I no longer will say that about this Duke team, but that is a game where they will not be favored, and it'll be rightfully so. I mean, Wake Forest has earned that, so. Um, I guess in a nutshell, looking at these last four games uh, I'll be disappointed if we come out one and three 100 percent disappointed uh i will be I will accept us coming out two and two very logically accept it but as a fan, I'm really hoping to come out three and one and and at the end of the day, I mean three and one puts us at eight wins on the My season word. eight and yeah. four. And I, I picked us to go four and eight <laughs> yeah. to start the season, and so you know, at the end of the day, this is all now. If we get that that sixth win, it's all now about which bowl, you know, we would play ourselves into. Yeah. And so I, I was I, right
1: there. I was yeah. right there in the four and eight boat with you. I mean, I just had I, I didn't really see it this year in year one, but here we are. Awesome things happening for the Stuke football program. Yeah, and uh, one win shy. Of actually going to a bowl game, which is pretty special. Bye week this upcoming yeah, Saturday. We're gonna
0: win. We're gonna win bye week. So the we players are win
1: by week. We the players told us week. though,
0: the only thing about bye week with this coaching staff is that Feely was in there Monday morning, like we're banging and clanging all week. Like basically, this is gonna be <laughs> a week to get right in the weight room and uh and so you know they are having some time. You know. Uh, of relaxation this week, uh, which is obviously the reason why we were able to sit down with with Dwayne Carter, like you know, like we were able to. They have a little bit of time off, but they're working in that weight room uh, still, which is which is really cool. And um, I could tell you this, man, being around the program, talking to these guys, their excitement is real. This team believes, and uh, when you yeah. can when you get a team together like that that believes in themselves, the sky's the limit. And so, once again, just super cool that we're sitting here talking. In 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 the end of October, about Duke's bowl eligibility and all of that, JJ. Like I, you would have never convinced me of that heading and, into the season.
1: And then, Josh, here's the other thing with all of this. The other thing to mention when it comes to uh, this upcoming week, this bye week, um, we know that in the state of North Carolina, we're gearing up for the start of the NCHSAA state playoffs this weekend represents an opportunity for many members of that Duke coaching staff to get out on the road and recruit. One of the rare opportunities in season to go out, see live games, uh, and that sort of thing. So I would imagine a good number of coaches will be out on the road recruiting because the best thing about a 5-3 and three start for the Duke squad is it's going to make recruiting a lot easier to say, we're actually winning those games now this year, and now you've got to go out and get those future Blue Devils.
0: You bring up a great point, JJ, that this bye week really landed at the right spot for for Duke, especially in state uh recruiting. And so not only are they able to see some playoff games and things like that and, and see some guys they're interested in, but they walk into that in into that scenario having come off a forty five to twenty one win at Miami. You know what I mean? That's right. much better than coming right in. High. Yeah. Yeah, that's much better than coming in four and four. Right, you know, off of Miami loss, going, hey guys, believe in us, like we're gonna we're gonna turn this thing around. No, you walk in going, hey, did you see, did you see Brandon Johnson's pick six? Yeah, did you see the the upside down use? Did you you know what I mean? Did you see the viral you know things that are going around now? Um, And I think at the end of the day, this is gonna be a huge weekend for Duke, and uh, you know, I don't. As I've said before, I'm not huge into football recruiting because it just sets me up and lets me down far too often. Um, but but I do trust this coaching staff. And if you look at their track record in the in the transfer portal, man, we did a really good job recruiting that transfer portal. And 27 guys already committed for 2023. I mean the, uh, yeah, I, I got I got nothing but trust in these guys.
1: Gotta keep it up. That's for sure. Gotta keep building off the mojo. And again, four games left in the year. And uh, here we are less than two weeks away from the start of the Duke men's basketball season. So a lot of things happening this time of year, Josh, as always, it's such a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Thanks again for stopping by my friend,
0: JJ. Thanks for having me, man. Have a great week.
1: All right. That's what we love to hear. It's our good buddy, Josh Cox from Duke football talks, section 17 podcast, make sure you take an opportunity to go subscribe to their feed, leave us a five-star rating and review, as well as the Section 17 podcast. Subscribe to our program on YouTube. Your support means the absolute world. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.